put the mic a little bit closer to your to your mouth. You're good. Yep. Close enough. That's great. Yep. So this is amazing that we're together on set. I know. For the first time. I don't know that we've had a show where we've done together. We which have not. Is one of those things that as someone who's leading a marriage organization they weren't sure I existed. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's always me. And um, the, the truth is, is that you really have been doing your own thing a lot of times with kids and with uh, life. And um, I've wanted to include you, but a lot of times it's just difficult with everything. To Let's just be honest. I'm here because someone else backed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's somewhat true. But I've asked you many, many times to be on. And I'm so, I'm so happy you're here. So we've been married for 25 years, over 25 years. This is my wife, Stephanie. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you look beautiful as always. Thank you. You do too. And so Love I think your hat. Yeah, I'm always wearing the XO hat. And here's my here's my commitment to you. If you come into XO Press, and this is this is one every day, we'll do this. If you buy a drink at XO Press, I will make sure you get a free XO hat. Okay. Oh, cool. So you have to mention the XO Live. I'm feeling generous today with you on the set. Here's <laughs> Dan. And uh, so mention mention XO Live uh, at the XO Press and. Uh, We'll we'll uh, we'll hook you up with a hat. So I'm excited to see who all's in the in the chat today. Uh, we already have people from uh, Fort Liberty, North Carolina, the Hoosier State. Excited to have people from the Hoosier State, Burleson, Texas, and from Kelly Cincinnati. Kelly Clarkson's hometown. What's that? Kelly Clarkson's hometown. Kelly Clarkson, hello. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she made that town famous. We always drive, so our kids a lot of times go to Alasso Ranch, mm-hmm. and we drive through the the town that made Jamie Fox. Terrell. Terrell, Texas. Shout out to Terrell. And Someone's from ter- uh, someone on there from Terrell? No, I'm just saying from uh. Burleson. You say Burleson. Okay, if you're yeah. from this region, there's all these little small towns around here. Mm-hmm. And if you if you know like your history of these towns, you'll always know the the and famous the person that came from them. Yeah, and like Chris Tomlin's um, somewhere on the way to Alasso too, right? Yeah, so th- there's a sign that <laughs> says the home of Chris Tomlin. That's right. That's when and you know you've made it. Yeah, and. Um, I don't think Amarillo's going to ever have a sign that says the no. home of Brent Evans, but no. maybe Stephanie Evans. Yeah, doubt it. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this will be the show that makes <laughs> makes our mark. So. Uh, no, excited to have you on the show today. And we we kind of have a really interesting pedigree for marriage because we've been married for over 25 years. We have a lot um, of wisdom just from, from learning from our life, but also learning from XO and what we've, we've done here. So we're happy to share with... Um, we also have, uh, I was thinking about this, we both, both of our parents are celebrating 50 years. Your parents celebrated 50 years of marriage this year, and my parents celebrate 50 years January 5th. So we have great role models for successful marriage. Excellent role models. Yeah. So. And they're still in love. And they are still in love. Yeah. Yes. What um, did your dad say? About he sent a group chat out the other day, a group, group message talking about after 50 years, he still loves. Oh, yes. Something about you buying your mom a tractor. I yes. can't remember what it was. Yeah, she was riding a tractor, and he loved a woman on a tractor. Or but he made like it romantic. That. I don't yes. know. Yes, it's great. It's great <laughs> to see it. So we're excited about uh, coming from lineage of, of uh, married parents that still love each other, and we're trying to represent that to our kids. I think that's the that's the thing with life and what we're living right now. Um, we're both in our forties and have three kids. We live in the suburbs of of Dallas, and we have some real things we've walked through recently yes. that have made us apply all the principles that's right that that we we've come to know and love doesn't matter who you are you always gotta do the work yeah we had the exo gala this year and i mentioned to the group there that 
whenever you remodel a house, whenever you, you know, do certain things with kids, you have to actually apply the principles yes. that you're learning, and, we, and we've had to do that. So if you're out there and you have some questions, put them in the queue. We're happy to answer those today. Um, you can learn a lot about somebody and their relationship from their Instagram DMs. And my wife and I, we've, we've kind of, through our love language, we're both very um, Well, I was thinking that's how our relationship started. Remember AOL, Instant Messenger? You've got mail. You've got mail. <laughs> you won me over by that. We, we got married in 1998. We met in 1997. And literally, she lived four blocks from me. But we would get online at night <laughs> on AOL Instant Messenger and just Talk. write to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's basically the same thing as right now with sending DM, text. Yes. But the, the connection had to be done through a basically a telephone line. Mm-hmm. And so you would call this, you, you would upload. Dial up. Yeah, you do dial up. You would, you would uh, upload your connection, and you'd wait for the crazy sound that it made at the end of that, and then it would pop up the screen. You've got mail. Yeah. And you would have access to the world from there. But that was really one of the defining moments of our relationship because we got to know uh, each other through, like, our really – you know, people talked on the phone too, but I mean, like we yeah. would we would share a lot of stuff that we could through writing each other. Right, and you were out of town some with your family trip, mm -hmm. and we stayed connected through that. I loved it, and I, I was actually thinking with Kate, our daughter. She's sixteen, and um, whenever she got a phone, how old was she? Fourteen, thirteen, somewhere around there when she first got a phone, and later on, eventually, she did get um, Instagram and. I mean, I just fell in love with her just from sending DMs back and forth. I really got to know her personality, and she was so funny. Mm -hmm. And I just, I loved that. So it's it's actually something that can be used for good. Well, um, so this was one of the re most recent memes, or this is the video I sent to you. Um, yes. This is so true of our relationship. Uh, let's play this Taiwan. going full screen. This is a this is a couple that I I'd seen on Instagram. An unlocked door. In that moment, I realized my husband doesn't care if we live or die. Sure, I could have locked it, but is it my responsibility to ensure the safety of this home? Apparently now it is. So, I saved our lives. I'm a hero. And now, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Excuse me, sir, you left the door unlocked. Are you trying to get us killed? That's really ironic, coming from the person who forgets to blow their candles out every night. <laughs> All right, well, I locked it. Did you forget to blow out a candle? I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I said this to you because this is exactly the conversations yes. that we have. If, if I go to bed at night and I haven't checked every door, mm -hmm. and then you come before bed and you well, say... Well, let's just say I, I lock every door every night. I check every door. And the one night, does, this just happened. It's funny that you're bringing this up because... Oh, is it funny? Two nights ago, <laughs> yes. I actually went to bed early because he and our kids were still outside. I went to bed early. Woke up the next morning and realized the alarm was not on. You did not set the alarm. And, and we lived. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, really, in my defense, I think we've been in the hot tub and came in. And I'm so used to you doing it mm -hmm. that I just kind of yes. was out of sight, out of mind. So it's my fault. It was your fault. How <laughs> dare you? You 
put our lives at risk by not coming behind your husband after he forgot to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the <laughs> I saw that, that video and I was like, that's our life. Because locking in the door every night, you are my hero. Yes, it is my thing. I just have to go around and you never know. You never know. And then the other one, uh, the next the next tab over is uh, something. Uh, this is going around. This and this is actually taking from taken from a legit performance, I guess, in a mall where this lady is singing. But oh, um, yeah. I don't know if anybody's out there talking dirty to each other. But this was funny to me. I sent this to Stephanie <laughs> this morning uh, with some with some volume. Taiwan. It tastes the goodness of the biscuit. That's that's the way dirty talk goes sometimes. Taste the biscuit. <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable. This is a full-on song that happens, and she goes on and on and on oh about gosh. biscuits and some sort of. I guess it's in a mall. Some sort of. Yeah. Um, advertisement for this restaurant that has the goodness of biscuits. Fluffy biscuits. I mean, is that sexual? Fluffy, fluffy I don't biscuits. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that could be sexual, but for some people, that might be dirty talk. I might try that. Um, and then this was the last one that we talked about recently is um, the habits oh, yes. of couples that last, which I think is really good. Mm-hmm. And you sent this to me. Let's go through these. They are affectionate even outside the bedroom. Yes. They don't gossip about each other. They hug and kiss to start the day and hug and kiss to end it. We yes, try to do that. very important. Mm-hmm. They move towards the bedroom together each night. That's a good I goal. I think that's really good. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't always happen, but um, I do think that's something that's really good. Just to, even if one, we both don't go to sleep at the same time, it's just nice. Just it's our time together. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Yeah, no, I agree. And then they continually do small things for each other. They celebrate in their partner's accomplishments. They stand together and refuse to let outsiders call the shots. Yes. They set aside time to regularly check in with each other. They know how to say sorry and mean it, and they don't make assumptions about their partner's feelings. They keep dating and treat date night as a sacred ritual, which I would say, and like, like in uh, season life that I'm in, I'm actually having to reorient my life so that I can make that an absolute because sometimes that can get lost even whenever you want it to, to yeah. happen. Yeah, just busyness of life. Yeah, it's Kids. important. We used to have one, like after 25 years of marriage, like there were seasons where it was so easy to have a date night. Oh, for sure. When we had littles, just even Kate, religiously every week. But, you know, the more kids you add, now our kids are a little bit older, they're playing sports, and one, everyone's going a different direction. It's, it's not always easy, or we have work commitments. So it's definitely harder now, mm-hmm. for sure. When, uh, when they argue, their goal is to come to a consensus, not to a win. I think that's what we realized recently is most arguments do not end. In agreement. In agreement. Yes. You just kind of have to learn that sometimes, you know, when you, when you are arguing about something, it's okay to say that there may not be a win here, mm-hmm. but we still love each other. And I think that was hard for me because I just always thought if two don't agree, then you really haven't settled it, but... You know, there are just some things that you just see differently, but still to come together and, you know, have peace at the end of it, but you don't have to agree on every single issue. And they're intimate about everything. They say what they mean and they mean what they say to each other. Mm -hmm. They listen intently before replying. They refuse to play the blame game. They make daily sacrifices for each other. And that's, that's the keys to a healthy 
relationship. I, I think I agree with with that list. It's, yeah, it's no pressure. I mean, yeah, no pressure. Just <laughs> just do every one of those every single day yeah. perfectly, and you'll have a great marriage. <laughs> now, right. I think part of what the success is is in relationship to in marriage is just remembering what it was that made you fall in love. Yes. And you're going to go through seasons, and so sometimes going through those lists again, you go, you know what? I completely forgot that I need to make sure that I'm making you know, an effort to go to bed with my spouse or hug right. them and kiss them in the middle or the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, we're, we're establishing some level of intimacy every mm-hmm. single day on purpose. Right. And sometimes I don't feel like kissing <laughs> you or you don't feel like kissing what? me. How dare you? Yes. Um, I'm going to have to have a quota on how dare, how dare you. <laughs> how many times yeah. I say that? The, the intentionality of kissing your spouse or hugging your spouse at the beginning of the day mm-hmm. and at the end of the day is going to make more of a difference than you can possibly imagine if you stay consistent with it. Yeah, yeah. It's just those little things that sometimes you forget about that you take for granted, but it really does connect you and just set the tone for the day. So it's important. Those are good. I really like those. Okay, we have a great question from Hilda. Thank you, Hilda, for asking this question. Um, she says, so my husband has a hard time with self-control when it comes to his wondering eye, and it really hurts me when I notice. Nothing to do with insecurity. It's more about respect for me. And she also goes on to say, I don't know what else to do because it is a he problem. I just don't want to deal with the dis- disrespect anymore. He is willing to work on it, but he has been saying that for a couple of years. Let me take a crack at it, but since this is something that you know you would want to speak into as well, I don't know that that's ever really been something that I've been called out for. Um, right. I, I kind of tend to go along the, the line of, you know, there's a difference between looking once and looking twice. There's a difference between um, glancing or noticing and staring. Right. There's a difference between putting things in your mind that are going to obviously be a, a hazard for you down the road. Mm-hmm. I remember being, I used to go to the Starbucks in Las Colinas where we used to live a lot of times. And I remember being in line at Starbucks and there was a, a um, girl in front of me and a, and a gentleman bef- in front of her. Mm-hmm. And this guy turned around and stared at the girl in front of me ridiculously long and made it to where he was just checking her out up and down. Mm-hmm. And so much so that it was uncomfortable for even me to be standing anywhere close to it because it was gross. It was disgusting. Right. It was just like this guy was wanting to get in his head a full picture of her body and wanted to make sure that she knew that he was checking her out. Yeah, lusting after her. And it is, it's inappropriate and it's disgusting and it's really, from a a man's perspective, I can understand a beautiful woman walks in, Mm -hmm. especially if they have something revealing on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Jerry Seinfeld said on Seinfeld show, it's like the sun. You don't stare at it. Just look at it and turn away. It's too <laughs> dangerous. You can't stare at it. Be blinding. <laughs> it's too blinding. <laughs> um, you know, but so it's, it's a natural tendency for, and I said this to you last week, a woman doesn't even understand sometimes yeah. how simple things that they do can put man into that predator prey mode mm-hmm. of, you know, that beauty, that, that lust, that desire Fear. is mm-hmm. there. Just based upon you flipping your hair or yeah. wearing something or doing it, taking a photo selfie, because we it was in reference to one of our kids' friends taking a selfie and it being 
I don't think it was intentionally sexual, mm -hmm. but it felt very sexual. Right. And we had a conversation about how much power a woman has in her beauty, and it 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 really can be um, devastating for a man to have to encounter that a lot. Mm -hmm. But it's his responsibility to train his eye not to look at it. Right. You can look once. Like I said, if a beautiful woman walks in and you notice that, okay. But if you're constantly staring at beautiful women, especially in front of your spouse, mm -hmm. then you're making them feel insecure and you're making them feel like, for whatever reason, you're not satisfied with your relationship. Right. What do you say about that? I mean, I think that's, that's true. It does, um, it definitely creates insecurity for a, a wife. If, um, if I saw you staring at another woman, I mean, I would feel very violated and hurt, you know, insecure that maybe you didn't find me attractive or you weren't happy with me. So I totally, completely understand the way she feels. I do like what you said about, you know, I mean, there are beautiful people everywhere and a lot of women do know what they're doing. They know how to dress. They know how to carry themselves in such a way that can be seductive. So you're never gonna get around that. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, especially today whether it's Instagram or TV or whatever, it's it's constantly in your face, just like you said with um, our son, one of the pictures that this girl innocently sent him. But like you said, I don't think women understand how um, tempting it is for a man visually, you know, when they see something like that. So, I mean, I would just encourage her if she hasn't, expressed her feelings to her husband the way it makes her feel and like you said she could even say that look once don't look twice please you know I mean out of respect for her he needs to honor who she is and just look away look down look up wherever just don't look at her or that situation but I would just encourage her to be open and honest with him and and let him know that you know that's disrespectful to her that makes her feel insecure about the way he feels about her, and that's that's what I would, that's yeah. how I'd start. Yeah, I think the this is a very common issue, very very common issue. He may not even realize that he's doing it, you know. Well, I think if, if you bring awareness to it and and you kind of just pass it off as, oh, you don't understand. I mean, I I'm not looking at them for lust. I'm just watching a beautiful person walk by. But if you bring it up to their their awareness and their attention and they're not giving you the indication that they've heard what you've said and they've mm -hmm. acted on behalf of what you've said appropriately, then it's just frustrating because you're, you're sitting there going, listen, but I also would say that, just to your point, there are so many opportunities to stare at beautiful people. Right. So many. Whether you're watching TV, whether you're watching, um, you know, internet, you know, going through uh, different videos, you know, mm -hmm. there's there are women out there and men out there that are trying to be provocative with their bodies, mm -hmm. and you're just not going to even in church. You can say you can say like, "Hey, don't do it." Um, maybe we should go to church more because that would keep you from from lusting or having that. But I've been at church and there's women that walk in and they are flaunting it, right? And you know, I think the the churches that do well with that, they they put this, you know. Uh, standard on stage, especially that modesty is important. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Mm -hmm. But there, there, there's a hard issue here. Yeah, it's, it's about purity too. I mean, him keeping it's like one of the four laws that your dad talks about is, you know, keeping yourself, your eyes pure, and only for your spouse. And that's what marriage is about: is 
just keeping your eyes towards each other and, you know, in purity. So that's, I think that's a good way that she could approach it to where maybe he might hear her. Yeah, I agree. I, I try to, because whenever there's a beautiful person in the room and I notice them, you know, it's almost like I'm trying to not pay attention to them. Yeah. Go, <laughs> go. Uh, what's, what's Hello, the, uh, nice to meet you. Yeah. It's, it's cause, but then I go, well, I've looked at, hundred other people, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything about that person, but because they have, you know, a certain beauty, I don't want to give them attention, but then you can be awkward about it. Right. And just treat people normal. Yeah. And if you, if you. And if it makes your spouse feel a certain way, you need to be sensitive to that. But, but if the spouse, I would say in this case that if there is situation, there are situations where a spouse can feel insecure and overreact whenever there's just pretty people around yeah. or there's you know, an ad that comes on that has a woman, you know, in a bikini, and then it's like, oh, you like that? Right. Oh, I bet you like that. And then you mm-hmm. make him feel like he's doing something wrong just for having a glance at a woman in a bikini. Sometimes it's just not, it's not always our fault that somebody shows up like that. Right. Now, but oh. I would say in the heart, mm-hmm. his, uh, my, my conversation, Hilda, would be with, with your husband to be, hey, listen, this is very honestly the way I feel. I'm asking you to evaluate how you look at people and understand that I'm asking you to pay attention to how you're looking at people for how long. And if you're checking your heart, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will guide you. But just know, I want you to understand that how this makes me feel. Right. I feel very violated. Yeah. And if you'll just listen to what I'm saying and you'll give me some indication that you understand and that you're going to be doing better in the future, that's all you can ask. That's all you can ask. You can't put a blinder on him and you cannot judges hard every time so all you have to do is be openly communicating to him about what you feel and allow the holy spirit to do the rest um i would say also just one last thing just from the opposite um spectrum of it is you know the same thing can happen with men you know if if as a wife if you're praising another man i mean men are stimulated visually you know but you know praising another man to your husband or talking about another man, that creates the same kind of feelings, the same insecurities. It's the same issue on that aspect too. So, you know, those, you know, he shouldn't look at anyone and you shouldn't, you know, be sensitive to honoring another man to your husband because those, that's the same kind of violation. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. That, and Cricket in, in the chat just said, almost every Snapped episode, I don't know what Snapped is, or Murder Mystery Show, I'll start with someone who had a lustful eye and or infidelity. Oh, really? <laughs> like Dateline. Yeah. He had a lustful eye. That's and true. that led to the... So the, the idea that you can solve every guy's ab- inability or ability to... Not look. To not look when mm-hmm. somebody is walking in is just not... It's not the goal. It's the second look. It's That's, the second it's look. It's the second look. And, and it's the stare. The, it's the second look and it's the stare of... I just... I just know I'm a guy. I know how it is. And right. you're, you're either intentionally looking because you want to add something to your photographic bank <laughs> that can allow you to recover that image at any time yeah. and see what you saw. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can, you can really be honest with your spouse and say, I don't, I'm not really thinking about that person sexually. Right. I just yeah, d- maybe he's not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking about that. Any more than I saw that guy walk in with big biceps and I was staring at him, I'm not thinking about him sexually. Right. I just want to know what his workout routine is. Yes. 
<laughs> Sometimes you're just curious to know how that person got, you know, jacked, got jacked, or they're whatever. And again, there's there's lust that comes from. A yeah, desire. you're lusting for a different reason. Well, I think you you're know, wanting to know his workout routine. You're lusting, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're just <laughs> noticing people. We, right. we people watch all the time. Yes. It's one of our favorite things to see. But it's really about the way it makes her feel. Exactly. That's why I'm saying open, honest communication. Yes. Is where it starts, and I would be absolutely not ashamed to say that to your spouse i would just say it with grace yeah not a, not accusatory right don't come in guns a blazing yeah like i've got every single i've been taking sh- you know snapshots of <laughs> you looking at women at um, <laughs> but because that could be really a dangerous conversation because then you're just you're assuming that everything that's in his head or heart is based upon a sexual thought right yeah that's not always don't do mm-hmm. that Great conversation. Uh, very yeah. common. Thanks for asking that. Yes, that's very true. That's yeah. And yeah, and and then Cricket said looking and lusting are very different, and I agree with that. They very much are. But how do you judge that? And, and my my personal opinion is lusting is very much a, you you can see you can see how long somebody looks at somebody mm-hmm. and and how they're looking at somebody mm-hmm. to be able to understand if that's a lust or a look. But I would also say that just because they looked for three seconds doesn't mean it's also a lustful look. I mean, right. you just have to be discerning about that. Mm-hmm. And then I can just tell you if you're in a relationship and your spouse is following accounts on their social media that are a lot of bikini babes and you yes. know, models yeah. that that's something they struggle with. Right. And that's very common for men. You know, that's very common for men to um I mean, when I was growing up it was the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. <laughs> you know, you look you're looking through Sports Illustrated, and all of a sudden, the, that issue came in the mail, and my mom used to throw it away before I could see it. But then I knew the days it was coming, so I would just go to the trash and pull it out. <laughs> I don't and believe that. Well, I don't believe that. I'm not trying to tell on myself, but <laughs> I'm a normal guy. I was 14 years old. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it is a real thing. And now. No, it's for sure. And it's in your face. I mean, younger and young, just like I said, just as younger and it's these kids nowadays. I mean, the role models that these girls have of what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to look, these selfies and Instagram. Oh, don't even get me started on the the selfies and the way, the poses. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's a sexual. seductive look. And, um, it's uh, it's role modeled by the Kim Kardashians of the world and all of that. So it's, uh, it is very much in their face. It is. And I think the, the spouse that's, being asked to not look at that or not lust after it is uh, is is the one that needs to to take action to ensure that whatever they're doing is in line with their spouse. So let's let's just be honest here. Okay, so you're married, you want intimacy, you want to have a great relationship, and we're talking about something that's very 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 important, mm-hmm. which is how does what I'm doing make my spouse feel? Does it make my spouse feel better or worse? In in the marriage in the yeah, you're just asking yourself the question. The, the question that she's <coughs> asking is a very important question. And am, am, am I giving them advice in this way? What I'm saying is, you know, do you just want to fight about this all the time or do you want to resolve this? Right. And the way you resolve it, because you want to have an intimate relationship, is you listen to one another and you make a change in your behavior so that you can be, you can be empathetic to the way your spouse feels. Even yes. if you don't agree with what they're saying, right. you showcase that you are trying everything you possibly can to make them feel secure. Mm-hmm. Women want security. Yes. Men want honor. Women want security. Yes. So in the situation, which is very, very common, 
I'm not going to say it enough in this time. It's so common in relationships that I think so many women are even not even capable of saying anything about it because they're just used to it. They're so used to it. Yeah. And cricket saying it's demonic, and you know the the lust is the there's definitely a demonic spirit of lust, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is is that you know in society the way we live right now you can't just blame everything on a demon there has to be personal responsibility for your right. actions, and you have to have self control so the fruits you of the spirit be able to turn away yeah yes. self control mm-hmm. having self control you have to have the ability to be in in control of your actions so when somebody walks by you have to train your eye. Yeah, you, know, you 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 can't just blame it always on a demon. Oh, I looked at her because I was struggling with the, the demonic spirit of lust. Right. Yeah. No, you just kind of got into a habit. Yeah, or rebuke it. Just rebuke it. Yeah, rebuke <laughs> it. Amen to that. <laughs> um, okay, so we are uh, still talking in the queue here. Which I get off on the great question from yes. from Hilda. I love I love that question, and uh, want to <coughs> make sure that everyone's who's out there listening put put your questions in there if you have anything else. Uh, you want to talk to um, Easy says I'm not sure what the E stands for or the Z, but I like the I like the <laughs> easiness of your name, Easy. E Z, okay. Should you disclose to your spouse if you find someone from the opposite sex attractive? Mm. Mm. I'm going to take a stab at that, so you don't have to <laughs> put your foot in any kind of bear trap there. Yeah. Um, I would say that my my. My Why? two senses don't don't go if you haven't committed any infraction, like if you haven't made contact with somebody that you find attractive of the opposite sex, if you haven't engaged in a conversation that was inappropriate or allowed yourself to be emotionally attractive to this person beyond like just you know having a thought or a feeling, I would say that it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for your spouse to understand. Right. That, and I'd be very careful with just sharing something that might just be a fleeting thought because it can cause problems. What I would do is find somebody that can be an accountability in your life, a pastor or a friend that you can share that with. As a man, um, I think it's much, much easier for a pastor or a counselor or a friend to understand what you're dealing with and give you counsel as opposed to your spouse. And let me give this um, story as a, as a backup to that. Um, I had a had a colleague that was was talking to me one day on the phone, and he said, "My wife, I just com- I just confessed to her that I was looking at porn, mm. and she said that she wants a divorce." And I said, "Dude, listen, no, like that's not even that's not even the the right response. Like, first of all, I understand that you're you're struggling with this, and that's a very common issue." But it's not it's not grounds for divorce. So your your wife needs to really just get take a take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. You guys will get through this. Yeah. Be very honest with her. But also, you know, she's not the best place for you to walk through your struggles with porn with. Mm-hmm. She needs to to know about it. But what you really need is somebody that you can trust, a guy, a pastor, or a friend that you can trust that she knows about, that you can walk this road with with them, mm-hmm. because it's really h- difficult for. Um, I'm talking now. I want you to talk from a wife's side in a minute, but from a man's side, it's really, t- it's really t- difficult for a wife to even understand how a husband is wired in that regard, and to shame him or to make him feel, you know, l- like 
you just violated me in the greatest way is not is just not accurate to what now if you've been hiding it for a long time and, and, and I'm, I'm trying not to paint with too broad of a brush right now but if you if you've been in a relationship with somebody and they messed up with with pornography it is not grounds for divorce it is grounds for a real hard talk about where the relationship stands mm -hmm. but also I'm always encouraging guys get a pastor or a strong brother in God to walk with you through this and be very open and honest with your spouse and have accountability with them but they don't understand always the the complexities of that for a man it's not an excuse I'm just saying it's not also grounds for divorce so having an attraction to somebody of the opposite spouse or the opposite sex is probably something that happens more often than not in relationships, mm -hmm. I would think. Mm -hmm. I'm being honest, there's probably a, a day where you find somebody attractive. Mm -hmm. Anybody. But what you do with that information afterwards um, is very important. Like, mm -hmm. how do you share that? Right. My encouragement is if it's just a fleeting thought, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be so careless with that information because you can just take that thought captive and move on. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that you're struggling with, tempted, you're tempted with, I would take it to a pastor first yeah. and allow that pastor to help you walk through that and understand why you have those feelings before you make your spouse feel like there's a violation of trust and intimacy there. Yeah. What do you say? I mean, I, I wonder why they feel the need to say that, you know, just with every person that's, you know, attractive. I mean, if I'm wondering if they have something in their heart that their their conscience is bothering them. If it's going farther than just having a conversation with a nice looking person, right. you know, I don't need to know about every single person that's that you come into contact with every every day that's good looking. Because that's only. I mean, what's the point in telling me that? I mean, I guess what I'm asking the person that asked the question is is it something more than that because if it's something more than that then that's a different story I mean you don't need to say every single person that you come into contact with who's good looking because that's only going to create insecurity in your in your spouse but you know I would just I would ask I would ask that question but also you know and if there is something going on and you are struggling with it you have to interact maybe it's a co-worker that you have to interact with and you find them attractive I mean I would set boundaries, you know, I mean, we have boundaries in our marriage ab about the opposite sex, whether they're attractive or not, that are healthy, they're there for a reason, you know, Brent, we don't ride in the car alone with um, a person of an opposite sex, you know, like coworkers or something like that. We, we just don't do things that could be construed, you know, negatively and put ourselves in a situation. Not in a weird way, but just in a common sense way. Right, not in a weird way. I don't mean that in a weird way. No, I know you're not, but I'm saying like we, we, we're very practical and I'll ask you questions of, you know, would this make you feel awkward if I, if I did this or this happened? Right. And depending on the person, depending on the environment, it's all based upon like comfortability, but we have those conversations because we care. Right, and it's healthy. I mean, I don't want to ever, you know, open the door for temptation. He, I know Brent doesn't want to ever open the door for temptation. So I would ask those questions. I mean, if there's something that you're struggling with, you know, just like you said, they do need to find someone to um, share that struggle with. But also I would, it's important to have healthy boundaries in mm -hmm. your marriage when it comes to the opposite sex because it's just one little slip up, you know, in the heart, you know, you start 
and the mind gets involved, you start playing scenarios out. And what if you're not happy? You're having issues at home, you know, struggles at home. Just easily opens the door for temptation. And um, you just have to be so strong with those boundaries. And that's what I would encourage them to. I mean, I would just ask the question of, is it, is there something more to that? And, you know, this is the final thing I'll say about it. My dad has a great teaching on windows and doors, and he just says, when you open up a window to somebody of the opposite sex, you're going to close a door mm. to your spouse. Because oh, you can't have, you can't have these kind of conversations with somebody of the opposite sex that introduce things about how you feel with them, right? whether it's physically or emotionally, mm-hmm. without shutting off something to your spouse. Mm. So at some point, you're going to allow that relationship to begin to move into motion barricades in your in your relationship with your spouse as you start to you know uh, pursue that person of the opposite sex that you're attracted to mm-hmm. and it could be innocent in the beginning yeah but it could lead to future violations and we watched a, a show one time it was on infidelity it was some sort of documentary and I remember you and I were watching it, and the, the person that was having the affair talked about the emotions, the, the, the chemical, like, elation of just the, not the act of the affair, but having the affair. Mm-hmm. Like, the mm-hmm. keeping things secret and, mm-hmm. you know, finding this person attractive, and they were hiding it, and they were, just that whole... That rush. Yes, mm-hmm. rush of the feel of, of infidelity was almost unstoppable at some point. Mm-hmm. Because you just wanted that that apple that you yes. couldn't have, the forbidden fruit, the forbidden fruit, mm-hmm. and then it is the moment after it happens that you're just like, "What did I just do?" Right. Yeah. So just don't allow, allow yourself to be caught up in that stream, which is n- nobody's impervious to it. There's opportunities mm-hmm. for all of us to take that first step towards infidelity. It doesn't just happen. You don't just trip and find yourself in a hotel with a naked woman. Like right. you don't yeah. do that. You typically have made an effort at some point to pursue somebody mm-hmm. that you find attractive and then one thing leads to another right and it just takes one opportunity for one, you to yes. say i find you attractive and to say i've been thinking about you for so long yes what do we do with this well let's th- you just don't want to yeah. you don't even get or there or laugh just a little too long at their joke yeah exactly it just creates this opportunity so i think the um, so i think that the, the conversation about finding somebody of the opposite sex attractive is very, very common, mm-hmm. but it's also very dangerous if you don't take the steps to make sure that that person you find attractive isn't influencing any behavior in your life. Yeah, and you just have to, you know, you have to guard your thoughts, you know. I mean, it's easy to play out those scenarios. The more you interact with that person, they start becoming, you know, funny to you or whatever, just opening that window. So yeah, you just, you have to guard those thoughts of just, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not even opening a window to that possibility and just creating boundaries, like you said. Mm -hmm. All right. Jess has another great question. How do you speak to your husband about how he should be a man of his word and take an action without shaming him or making him feel like a failure? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. I think it's important in terms of communication, how you talk to your, your husband and, um, you know, I think we've learned over the years, over 25 years of marriage, where those opportunities are for, you know, you to share your feelings about something I've done without it leading to me feeling like I'm being dishonored or made made to feel like I'm, you know, a failure, right. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 
Um, how would you coach her? So how do you speak to your husband about how he should be a man of his word and take an action without shaming him? Um, I would say that there's probably been some situations where Jess has felt that her husband hasn't been a man of his word in whatever capacity. And it's hard to call a man, you know, a liar or <laughs> yeah. tell him that he's... Don't do that. Yeah, Step one, don't do that. You. Listen, <laughs> you know, the, the idea that you can that you can talk to your husband in a way that you can share your feelings about something, you should be able to say, I don't feel like you're being honest with me. Mm-hmm. And share it in a way where he feels like there's not a, an attack, but an awareness that I'm feeling vulnerable right now because I don't feel like you're being honest with me. Mm-hmm. And if he says he's going to do something and doesn't do it, then there needs to be some level of clarification of what was expected Mm-hmm. and what didn't happen. So it, as long as, so maybe expectations were, were not met, but that doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't a man of his word, or that if he has a fundamental track record of doing that, it's going to affect other ver- areas of his life and not just his marriage. It's going to affect his work, his other relationships. Nobody wants to employ somebody that's not honest or doesn't follow through with things. And, you know, those kinds of things have ramifications outside the marriage. So the conversation would be, what, what is the severity of what is she talking about? But if it's about expectations and he's said he will wash the windows this weekend and absolutely on Saturday morning he's going to wash the windows, but on Saturday he takes the kids out for breakfast and forgets to do it, is that enough to say that he's not a man of his word? Well, maybe. I mean, but the expectation was that he would do it and he didn't, and maybe there was a genuine reason why he didn't do it. Right. But maybe it's also said that, that he would do something more substantial um, that she cares about, that, that now she feels like she can't believe anything he says because he's just a lying, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, um, there's, no, there's, no, uh, there's no filter on these. This is live, by the way. Hi, everyone out there. <laughs> Exo Marriage Live. We're, we're, doing this, uh, we're doing this every week at 11.30 a.m. Central to, to bring you a a really great opportunity to, to learn and listen to us. So I'm going to give you a chance to take a shot at Jess's question. <laughs> how do you speak to your husband about how he should be a man of his word and take an action yeah. without shaming him? Um, I mean, it, it's definitely in all, it's all in how you approach him. And I know that just when I approach you and I have something, you know, to approach you about that's maybe a little difficult or challenging, but, um, you know, I think you have to go with the intent of you're not accusatory. Just like you said, a man's number one need is honor. So the way, the words that you choose, you know, building him up rather than tearing him down. You know, I know you're, think about all the things, praise him for the things that he is good at. You know, you're a great provider or you, he went out and took the kids out that Saturday morning instead of washing the windows. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's a good thing. You know, he spent time, he's a good dad, you know, say, I know that this is important to you, but I'm feeling like I need, you know, you said this, that this was going to happen and it didn't, but it's really, and to me, it's all in how you approach it. I mean, are you accusatory or are you coming with a sincere, you know, desire to build him up, not tear him down? It's not about, well, you didn't do this. You said you were going to do this and it didn't happen. I mean, it's just about trying to build him up rather than than tearing him down Mm -hmm. that's that's how i would approach it Mm -hmm. you know i don't know the severity of 
of what what he's not doing. Maybe it's date night, like, you know, you always said we were going to go on a date night and you went and hung out with your buddies or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I think it's just in this is how this is what I want. This is how I'm feeling. It's not accusatory. Those are the ways that I would approach you and approach the situation because you have to think about the outcome. What do you really want? I mean, do you want to make them mad and then it's just a, a fight or do you really want to come to resolve and do you want him to hear you? If you want him to hear you, you have to layer it with um, kindness and, you know, praising him for the things that he, he does do. I mean, I think that's, that's how men hear and that's how they open up. At least I know if I were coming to you like that and I was saying, Mm-hmm. You know, you said this, but, you know, just coming in a different, um, in the spirit. Yeah. Of. And it's helped me over the years because a lot of times you would come to me and say, you know, something and I would begin to argue. I always felt like it was a courtroom case and I was, I was arguing my side, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I can debate all day long. And I think that was part of the problem was that I was not listening to what you were saying. I just kept going, well, you know, this is the reason why. And you know, I would just always bring to the table all the reasons why I was doing what I was doing and how what you were saying was not the reality of the truth, but it was your truth. It was what you felt. Mm -hmm. And I think any husband out there needs to be able to say, listen to their spouse, Mm -hmm. listen to their wife and just say, listen to what she's saying without saying anything Mm -hmm. and being able to just take what she's saying and process it in a way to where you can respond with, I hear you. Mm I'm going to try my best to resolve that, mm-hmm. and I need some grace. Yeah. Let me let me walk this out. We actually watched this. This is side notes, but we used to watch this show called um, Parenthood, and there was um, an episode on there when the the dad, the husband, would say, "I hear you and I see you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, we started doing that for a while after that. We'd end our conversations with, I hear you and I see you. And it's funny, it's silly, it sounds silly, but I think it really worked. Yeah. And, you know, not talking over one another, a lot of times I would not allow you to finish what you were saying because mm-hmm. I had every every bit of, you know, information that I wanted to deliver before you could say anything else. And I had to learn to allow you to talk mm-hmm. uninterrupted Uninter- yeah, without having me just, oh, really? Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> How dare you, you know? Mm-hmm. That's probably the third time I've said, how dare you, this time. <laughs> I'm, you know, you start realizing when you listen back from on, on YouTube what you're saying, <laughs> how often you say certain things. It's like a bell. It rings. It's like a buzzer. Yeah, exactly. Shot caller. The, the idea that you can have, so going back to Jess, she goes to her husband and says, you know, I really feel like you're not, you're not being a man of your word. You're mm-hmm. saying things, and you're not giving me the indication that, when you say something, you're going to follow through with it. Right. I'm not trying to shame you. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shame you. I don't want you to feel like a failure. I just need to know if I can trust you. Right. Relationship is built upon trust. Yeah. And if you say something, you need to be able to follow through with it. Then I would encourage her husband to begin to understand that if he says something, he needs to absolutely do it or be careful what he says. Right. And take responsibility for what you're saying or what you're, what you're committing yourself to and, you know, in, in the same sense, you can say, this is how I would say to her to approach it is, I know that's probably not your heart, but this is the way it's communicated to me. Because versus you don't do this, you know, instead of being accusatory, I would just say, I know that's not your heart, or you've been so great in other areas. I just want to improve this area. I mean, it's 
it's like you said, it's the way you approach it. But I think one of those on the old couple, the elderly couple about the marriage, I think one of them was being a good listener. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Erica says, is I hear you, I see you synonymous with I agree with you. Or is that acknowledgement that you're listening and actually hearing the point your spouse is making? It's It's not agreeing. No, it's not agreement. Uh, It's it's I hear you and I see you Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense of I'm listening. I'm validating, yes, yes, that I am listening. I am going to think about it. I am going to take this away and think about it, pray about it. And that's that's what it communicates is I hear you and I see the way it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not dismissing it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm also not necessarily agreeing with it. Right. But here's what I'm going to say in response. Yeah. And that then we talk about the tennis match all the time. It is true. I mean, it's uh, you're playing tennis with somebody. I don't know if you guys play tennis out there. I was, uh, I didn't go pro, but I was the captain of <laughs> a three-five team for <laughs> several years and uh, learned to love it. And then I learned to retire early because I couldn't stand the the. I kept smashing my rackets. I got frustrated with my forehand. Yes. Okay. Yes. Too that much information. That didn't. No, it didn't end well. You could talk about that on our. My birthday trip. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, side note, whenever you're a real man, you can understand this because I took Stephanie and I had never been to Hawaii and we went for her 40th birthday mm-hmm. and she loves tennis. She loved to play tennis. And so I had been playing tennis too. So we went there and we're in this beautiful he's, setting he's in Hawaii. He's very competitive. Yeah. I'm very competitive. We're in this beautiful setting in Hawaii. We had a great tennis coach even come and help us at this hotel, you know, learn all these new um, forehand moves, the yeah. ole. Mm-hmm. And then Stephanie and I are playing, and I'm, for whatever reason, I just could not get my shots to work. And I was getting frustrated and frustrated. So we're in Hawaii mm-hmm. celebrating your birthday. Yes. This is not even a competitive match. No. But I smashed my racket. And when you do something like that, you realize in the moment, right after it happens, you're going to have to quickly act to repair what you've just done, but <laughs> yes. you don't know exactly what it is. And so you got upset, and you started walking towards the door, and I was like, listen, I completely take responsibility for my actions. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> and you just go, what's wrong with you? Yes. Like, what's wrong with you? Why do you have to smash your racket? There's no point. Yes. He was playing me. You were playing me. I know. I was, so. I was just so frustrated with my game. And so, you know, taking responsibility for your actions, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, um, I, I think for husbands, they need to be able to take responsibility for when they do something wrong and to be able to showcase, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. How do we get off on the Hawaii thing again? Tennis. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, back tennis. to tennis. Okay, yes. So when you're playing tennis with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. You're playing tennis with somebody and you hit the ball over and then they have the opportunity to hit the ball over back to you mm-hmm. or they can hit the ball over the fence because they're just trying to show off or they can not hit the ball back to you or they can start making it into some sort of competitive match where, no, I'm going to get an ace and you're not going to be able to hit it back and I'm going to win. Like we got beat by that one couple. Yeah. Um, 6-0. Pretty bad. Uh-huh. Like the whole match was just was just terrible. And, you know, you can either do that. So I think in, in relationships, if you're really, really, really interested in having a good marriage and good communication, you'll treat conversations like the tennis match. And I know we're oversimplifying things. We just went through a house remodel. We just went through, you know, we're, we're raising kids with every one of them has situations. You know, we're not always wanting to just, Life's not easy, yeah. Life's not easy. But but when we're talking about stuff, it's not like light stuff. Right. And so whenever we're having conversations recently, we've had to learn, again, to practice what we preach. And so if you say something to me, I'm very delicate about how I hit that ball back to you. Because I, everything I'm saying when I hit the ball back to you is letting you know my intention in that match. And so yes. 
when I smashed my racket back in Hawaii, <laughs> again, I'm sorry. We recovered. Yes. The, uh, the, you retired. The, I am retired. I cannot stand tennis now. <laughs> I don't even know if I'll, I, you know, everyone's wanting to play pickleball. How dare you, all of you guys out there who play pickleball, how dare you be so aggressive with your pickleball um, propaganda. Yeah. Not everybody loves pickleball. It's the fastest growing sport in America. I know it is. <laughs> They're putting a pickleball court right down the street from me. Use those tax dollars for <laughs> something good. I'm sure I would love it if I played it, but I, again, just have no desire to watch myself implode on a pickleball court. Yeah, it's with harder to smash, smash that racket. Is, is it? Just saying. Yeah. I mean, oh. it's wooden. Maybe it'll break. Or sometimes they're plastic. Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll take that as a, a goal in life then. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the idea, though, in communication when you're talking to your, to your husband and going back to Jess, make sure you're, you're just doing it in a way that, she can, that he can hear what you're saying. Hit the ball lightly. Don't hit it aggressively. And then make sure that whenever he's responding to you that you're picking up those details and you're explaining to him, I would love for you to be able to talk about this without making it feel like I'm shaming you or making you feel like a failure. Right. I don't want that. Yep. But I do want to be able to express my emotions. Mm -hmm. Can we have a conversation about it? And just begin to, to, to open up and be, um, be, as, be as honest as you possibly can without being overly critical. Yeah, and I would avoid the words like you never, you always. The absolutes. You know, the absolutes because that never goes over well. Um, great questions in the queue. Hey, thanks everyone for for being a part of this. We're we're trying every week to uh, give you time to learn about relationships, ask questions about what's going on in, in your world, and um, I'm loving the questions that we have in here. Um, we are uh, we're we're about to wrap up. If anybody has any last minute questions they want to ask, I, I see some in here that I'm trying to get to, and um, going back through the the chat here. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of great conversation out there. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for being a part of it. Um, anything else? Stephanie, you wanna you wanna talk about before we wrap up? Um, those are just some great questions. I mean, communication is everything. You know, it's all about communicating. It's all about communicating. Mm -hmm. I would say that after 25 years of marriage, and you know, we've known each other for 27 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I would like to end on this because we we had a conversation about this you saw a i guess it was a podcast mm -hmm. about how ridiculous it is whenever couples are best friends yeah uh the podcast was interviewing a uh, famous woman i won't say who it is but uh, she was talking about things that get on her nerves and she said that it was one thing that gets on her nerves is when spouses refer to each other as their best friend and she just thought that that was so unhealthy and I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I would, I would consider us best friends. Mm -hmm. we, we have a relationship where we fell in love, but we were honestly friends first mm -hmm. and developed that AOL and some messenger relationship where we would just be, be done with each other on uh, IM. And I feel so old talking about AOL. <laughs> they used to send CDs in the mail so you can install it on your computer. <laughs> and then they would send these telephone uh, cables. These people here probably don't even know what that Well, whatever. Is. I mean, it's history. It's history. It is history. <laughs> and we, we grew up in that. That's how we fell in love. And our, our kids will be talking about how, you know, they, on Be Real. Yeah, someone slid into their DMs. Yeah, slid yeah. into their DMs. And, you know, they, 
on the new iPhone 15, <laughs> they were able to um, <laughs> they found their airdrop their friends, their <laughs> photos. So the, the, the world is basically still the same when it comes to creating that connection mm-hmm. that we were able to become, become friends and we met each other in church. Mm-hmm. I was a turkey, moved back home from Baylor to kind of settle down a little bit. And then I met you almost immediately mm-hmm. at church in Amarillo. And we were not dating at the time. We just began to relate, have great connection. Mm-hmm. And then uh, moved back in January. We started dating in June. But the, that, that six months in between, we established a strong friendship. Mm-hmm. I would say that that, is, ha, that has been the recipe for success for so many opportunities for us to disconnect. That we go back to, I like enjoy being with you. Right. You yeah. make me laugh. You, mm-hmm. you are funny. Beyond just being gorgeous and beautiful and yes. amazing and mm-hmm. um, awesome hot cook. and... Oh well, yeah. <laughs> okay. well, how much more do I need to give you? I, keep, yeah. I will keep mm-hmm. showering it. You know all those things. Yeah. Um, is that you know the the uh, foundation that we had of friendship? Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe in. So when I see when I hear somebody say that that's ridiculous, that shouldn't be the case. Um, your spouse shouldn't be your best friend. Right. I kind of find it offensive in that regard. Well, you're just mis- missing out to me. You're missing out on such a depth in your marriage that you can have and you know, finding, even if you didn't start off that way, connecting over the years, like we, we connected through tennis, for example, you know, playing that together and just trying to find ways to have fun with each other. I mean, life is so short. That's where we're at. And Mm -hmm. our marriage is just, life is too short. I just want to enjoy my family, enjoy you and have fun and, you know, let things go that don't matter but yeah the friendship is is what i'm just so thankful for so you know i i feel like that's important i mean definitely you still have girlfriends and you still have guy friends Absolutely. that you connect with yeah. but there's an intimacy there when you just genuinely enjoy each other because you know these kids are going to grow up someday and they're going to move out of our house and it's just going to be the two of us yeah and it's not that it can't it can't work but i always find it a little bit odd whenever couples don't want to spend time together I do too. They don't want to be together. They they look for opportunities to get away from each other, and that just seems like there's a an imbalance of, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just it, it surprises me because I I would think that you married somebody, you're intimate with them, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the ground rules for a relationship are you know spending time together, quality time right. together, mm-hmm. and I'm not forced to spend time with you. I enjoy it. Yeah. I I would I would much rather spend time with you. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, but I mean, there are d- times where I'm telling you, like, I'm needing some guy time, like, just yeah, definitely, go, go have fun, healthy. play golf, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you're very, very gracious with that. And I'm, I'm not sure whenever a couple avoids their spouse how to respond to that because it seems to me like there's a level of, I don't know, polarization there that that shouldn't be there if you really, really right, an independence, almost like two independent people. I mean, that's what the beauty of marriage is two people coming together to become one. And, you know, if you don't have that right now, I would just encourage you to listen to your spouse's likes and maybe take interest in some of them. Even if it's not your thing, you know, maybe you can find something together, but I would just encourage you because it's it's honestly, it's the best thing Mm -hmm. just to, just to have such an intimate, you know, relationship like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, one of the things I want to say at the very end here is not all, 
arguments are resolvable. And that's right. something we, we learned recently. And I think that was a wake-up call for us because we have a great marriage, but we had a few things that we were chronically mm-hmm. in disagreement about. Yes. Yeah. And we went to a counselor, and really we we know the we know the rules, we know the, the relationship tools, and the counselor just asked us the question, how many fights do you feel like are resolvable? Mm-hmm. And because of what I do, I wanted to give a real sophisticated <laughs> answer. <laughs> and when I said that. my answer, which I don't <laughs> want to say now, he was like, no, um, that's way too high, you know. And, mm-hmm. You know, he said basically most most arguments are not resolvable in a in a win win situation. Right. Somebody, he said, my wife and I have things now that I, we used to feel like we were moving apart from one another, that we were just different seasons of life, weren't the same people that we married. But what he said is that you know you're still the same people, you're just kind of going through things that you don't always see eye to eye on. It's okay. Yes. It's okay. It's okay to say we don't agree and still love each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what was really important for us to hear is that because you felt a certain way, mm-hmm. we were both right in these situations. Right. Yeah. That was the thing was we were both right. Who wins? Mm-hmm. And I think it was important for us to hear somebody say, it's okay for you both to be right and not win and still love each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. And finding a way for me to appreciate what, what God. Not has, losing the connection. Yes. When that when that happens that's that's what's important that's when you go back to that's the, those are the times when you go back to the things that make you fall, fall in love that made you fall in love like the friendship or you know all the the different things the basics that just kept the, the things that keep you together mm. you know well are you gonna be on here more with me uh, we'll see if anyone else backs out. I'm the. <laughs> <laughs> You're not just. You can. I mean, this could be uh, extra live with Brent and Stephanie Evans. I just don't want you to have to feel like uh, you always have to. I always to love be here, but I want here. you to be here. Yes, and I love it. I love the people. Thank you for all the questions. Yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. This is uh, this is a great time for you to step by. Stop by the EXO Marriage Center, South Lake, Texas. Uh, we have EXO Press. It's a. It's open throughout the week, nine to five, every day, Monday through Friday. Where you can come in, you can grab um, a drink, and again, mention Exo Live, buy a drink, and mention Exo Live, and we will hook you up with a free hat. We're gonna do one of those a day, so I don't want there to be a flood of people asking for the hat. But if you come in, you might be the lucky uh, one that gets a gets an Exo hat, and we would love just to see you. So right now, on uh, on the cameras angles, one of the camera angles, you can see be- people behind Stephanie walking by. This is an open lobby that that we have connected to Exo Press, where you can come in and even watch. A lot of what happens here at the Exo Marriage Center. We're happy uh, to to be here, have a have a build, building a permanent home for Exo Marriage that we've been wanting for for 30 years, and now it's happened. Uh, so please uh, just take a few moments to subscribe to the Exo Marriage channel, uh, like this video, share it with your friends. Uh, we're going to be doing this every single. Hey, gorgeous whales, we're sending you a hat. So just I saw this in the in the queue. Uh, you're getting a hat. I um, I did get the the message. And uh, we're going to be sending you a hat. We, uh, we, we have that in the queue. So I just want to make sure everyone knows out there, we're listening. We, we know. I and hear you and see you. I hear you we and I see, see you, you but gorgeous whales. I see, <laughs> I see your chat message. And I feel really, very confident that we're going to get you that hat. Uh, but come by and see us. And then, you know, like I said, subscribe to the channel, like it, share it. But also, uh, we are a 501c3. So if you enjoy what we're doing here at Exo Marriage, please go to exomarriage.com and uh, make a donation. We're getting to the end of the year. We need your support. Uh, we have a matching gift coming up we'll be, be sharing about. But any gift is uh, appreciated. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. It helps us do what we do here. If you've enjoyed this show, um, I want 
I want you to check out Dave and Ashley's podcast, both their marriage podcast, Naked Marriage, and also their new parenting podcast, Parenting Uncovered. Both of those are very, very high in the um, podcast charts right now because they're great. They're great resources for, yes. for people. Mm-hmm. They're very well received. We love Dave and Ashley. We hope that you check out their stuff. Also, we still have marriage today with my parents, Jimmy and Karen Evans. We have the EXO conference coming up in February at Fellowship Church. Shout out to Ed and Lisa Young. Yes. And uh, we love Fellowship and, and Ed and Lisa. I want you to check out our conference there. It's almost sold out. So this is one of our biggest events. It is the biggest event we do every year. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. It's the best, it's the best of what we do live uh, from stage. And so it's at, it's at Fellowship Church. Go to exomarriageagain.com to, uh, uh, to check out all the dates that we have, but specifically for that one as well. And uh, again, thank you for joining us. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless. See you next time. Thank you.